Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It is GDC, and we are looking at a game that was made in, I'm assuming, maybe Unity, or is it in proprietary engine? Uh, we made it in Unity, yeah. yeah. Psychic Strikes again, guys. I'm, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, don't, I think maybe the lighting reminds me of like like the unity the stuff that i've seen like unity lighting i think that how things are being lit and rendered reminded me of unity so that's why i guessed well the game uh the game back in uh 2017 actually won the best graphics award at the unity awards oh congratulations yeah so the original mobile game yeah how long has this project been in development uh about nine months now oh congrats bring it over to switch yeah how was it? So it's not ported to Switch. It was designed for Switch, or is it ported for Switch? Uh, so we took the original game and we've re, uh, redesigned the whole thing to really suit for to be a premium experience. Yeah. So the version that you play on Switch will you will very much notice a major difference between it and the mobile version. Yeah. Oh, nice. What was it like? I guess bringing it onto the Switch. Uh, you guys have any hardships? Was it easy? And you know, were there? I'm assuming was this the first time your company has done a bringing something to Switch? Yeah, this is the first time that Pickbox uh, brought anything over to Switch. Um, yeah, well, thankfully using Unity actually made the process quite quite clean. Um, a lot of uh, everyone had a lot of fun, sort of changing up the game and making it feel more premium and be a, a Switch experience. And you know, everything just actually worked out quite well overall. Yeah. So it looks like Brandon's surviving. Can we kick up the difficulty and take him to a different scene? <laughs> I, I don't like to see him win all day. I want to. I want to see some more animations. We can chuck him into Divided if you like. You might yeah, you want to try Divided? Let's do Divided. All right, here we go. Uh, so just head back into the side stories menu. Divided. Bang. Yeah, they don't even want For the sake of us getting great video footage, they're like, Brandon, no, let's stick to this difficulty. Uh, pick, a, pick a backup weapon. Have a scroll through, have a look at all the cool stuff we got on offer. Oh, we got some real nice stuff in there. Nice. Have a bit of a gander through. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Kick off. Cartel twins. Yeah. Like the name too and the skin. Yeah, that's an Into the Dead classic right there. We're very, we're very happy with those. For the last year or maybe year and a half, like the Switch has really uh, appealed to the third party companies like was that part of the reason why you guys jumped to their switch just for the uniqueness of it well yeah it, it painted us as a unique opportunity and some that we, something that we were keen to try as a studio and sort of the opportunity presented itself the opportunity to work with versus evil as well and we just figured we'd jump on it and see see how things went and overall we're super happy with how uh, things have been turning out so far oh this looks great <laughs> i think you're a female soldier too yeah, in this Possibly. story, you, uh, you take take control of Corporal Garcia. So it's a character you briefly interact with in the main story, and this just uh, shows how she got involved in the zombie apocalypse. Oh, man. <laughs> Any thoughts so far? I'm so scared. <laughs> Am I divided? Is that the reason why? From everybody else? Am I supposed to find them? Yeah, yeah, you got to reunite with your squad and have a have some fun shooting up zombies with them. I already figured out the story, dude. I'll put it down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for the rest of the viewers out there, Brandon, just kind of narrate a little bit of your experience. I'm just going to give you like two minutes straight. 
Well, I definitely like the new uh, take on this. Uh, we talked about this a little bit before. Where I'm on rails, but I am able to dodge left and right. So I'm mostly concentrating on like finding weapons or running away. I like the fact that you're running ammo, and so you're mostly concentrating on dodging back and forth. So that gives you a little like scare you off a little bit. <laughs> because I think the effect won't be the same if I have unlimited machine gun rounds. <laughs> won't be as scary. So it definitely makes me strategize a bit more. So as the designer of the team was going to ask, how do we know explicitly where Ren is supposed to be running? But then I see the countdown for how many feet he needs to travel. So I'm assuming just as long as he's progressing up to that, that threshold, he should be doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's right. Is there a leaderboard aspect to this? Can I compare friends? Or anything? He's not going to be on it. Just, <laughs> just wondering, uh, what's the bottom of this? Uh, in the arcade mode, you were able to compete against yourself and set high scores against yourself, but otherwise it is an offline experience. Perfect. All right, here we go. So you guys definitely have, like, the ability to have these different stories to play with the mechanic. Is that the idea to keep expanding on that with DLC and all that stuff? Uh, a lot of it depends on how the game performs. We're always looking at more opportunities for that sort of stuff. But being yourself first foray onto the platform, we just want to see how it suits uh, the audience. I mean, being quite a realistic and grounded and adult-based zombie shooter, it's the sort of thing we feel is super unique on the Switch and something that there isn't a lot of for people there so we're thinking we, if things go really well we find a really cool audience that really engages with it and we can always explore those opportunities down the line how's it how do the controls work for this because we went from mobile to now using switch does it feel intuitive do you feel yeah, like mean, you're i was able to pick it up without any instructions i kind of was able to kind of figure it out as i was going so it was very intuitive yeah yeah, we incorporated some some sort of classic shooter controls into it to make it feel natural to everybody that's sort of interacted with zombie shooters before. And it looks like the weapons level up as well. Can you give me you know a brief on how that design works for this game? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one zombie kill is one XP. The more you use your favorite weapon, the stronger it's going to get and the bigger zombies you're going to be able to take, take down. Oh, nice. I'm assuming you can replay levels if you want to like kind of grind XP for weapons and then, oh, I'm stuck on this level. Let me go beat the last one two, three more times. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. How long would you say a user could get through your entire game? Like, what's the shortest period of time that somebody could probably complete all the stages? Well, if they're the best... <laughs> like, if you were playing, you know, not one of us. Uh, well, if you've got some quality dodging skills down, Pat, uh, the main story, you're looking at about 20 hours. Okay. Um, the side stories... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's, it's seven chapters, approximately 12 stages per chapter. Um and there's also all sorts of additional challenges and stuff to unlock more weapons and companions and rewards and such. Um, and then, each, you know, we've got the three main side stories, uh, which take up, you know, about an hour each, hour to an hour and a half, depending on how good you are. And then arcade mode as well. So you, you can be easy looking at 40 to 50 hours of content. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, last question for you from me. Uh, without making any spoilers for our audience, what would you say is your favorite part of this experience or your favorite stage or any specific moment that doesn't ruin any part of the story, but it would be really cool to help kind of advertise what you've been working on? i got to say, there's a bit where you run with two tigers, and that that feels pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. That feels real awesome, especially when you got a grenade launcher attached. Do you need ammunition for that stage? Can I just like let the tigers just maul everything? You can let the tigers just maul everything if you want. Oh, nice. So that's my kind of gameplay. I'm the I'm the lazy gamer. I'm the guy who like on one monitor I have Kotaku up and on the other monitor I'm like just wiggling my mouse to keep my character active. I'm just kidding. Ah, uh, it's a good time. Oh. Ooh. Teamwork. 
Try the uh, special ability. I think it's uh, B on the pad. On the pad. Help clear a couple. I think I hear it, yeah. <laughs> You're almost there, man. You're almost there. Oh, nice. There you go. I love the breacher. Really quality shotgun. You guys should consider a Peter Lynn model. <laughs> Asthmatic. Asthmatic <laughs> <laughs> You gotta pay for it. Uh, let me ask you this, Brandon. I'm assuming you're getting a little bit of gun recoil feedback in the controls. How does that feel? Uh, right now, uh, it feels just fine. I mean, I haven't really noticed too much of the rumble, but it was just pretty natural. Yeah, we incorporated the rumble, so it feel, should feel different for each one. Yeah, a little so bit, right? Mm-hmm. When you've got the really bulky ones, you're going to get a nice good buzz from it. But uh, if you're using something like the silenced pistol, it's going to be just just a little one. Yeah, yeah, just a little one. It's love taps. <laughs> just love taps, yeah. Any last? I mean, uh, thank you so much for showing us the demo, yeah. No worries. Anything else you'd like to see? What else do you want to show? Uh, why don't we see how you survive in uh, arcade mode and see if you can set up. Oh, here we go. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Survivor mode. Just head uh, back out again. Arcade mode. Give it a run. And uh, we got the first two unlocked, so you can give the uh, lever action rifle a go or the uh, the shotgun. I'm excited to see this myself. See if you can set a high school, man. <laughs> I always. I believe in you, Brandon. I believe in you. I believe in you. You can do it, Brandon. If I die, just wreck the TV, you know. <laughs> get the hand straps out if I have to. <laughs> See, I always, uh, whenever you see this gun, I always think of Terminator. Like, play action. It's an iconic scene. Make sure you pick up the uh, ammo boxes for this one. You're going to need them. The ammo boxes, the green, little green lighting on them? Yeah. For our audience? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Nice. So if you can describe just briefly the design behind arcade mode, I'm assuming just last as long as you can type of experience. Yeah. So the pick up and play nature of the game led to a, a really good opportunity to uh, create these sort of long levels where the goal is just to get as many kills as you can and go as far as and as long as you can um, to get some really cool rewards to use within the game. Um, and it also gives the player an opportunity to experience all the weapons. So we've uh, loaded most of the weapons into this mode to just allow them to play a stage, go for ages, have some fun with weapons maybe they haven't played with before, and then be like, all right, cool. I want to find out how to get that one. I want to do that. this challenge, that challenge, get this many stars, complete this level, just so they can take it wherever they want. And is this mode completely procedural? Uh, yeah, so it's a ladder-based system. You, uh, As long as you get enough uh, enough kills in the previous level, you unlock the next one and on and on and on and on. I think it's something like 20-something stages or something. And best eighty one was that set by somebody today? Yeah, yeah. All right. Set by uh, today. Which 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 media group? So we know who that we to send our tweets to after we beat that score. <laughs> I can't divulge. Okay, all right, all right, fair enough. <laughs> so the trick is just get higher than eighty one, and we just say to everyone, we're better than you at this game. So that's what we'll do. Doesn't matter who it is. It's all about the bragging rights. <laughs> Are you almost there, man? So we've got piercing ammo on this one as well, so you can 
take out a neat line of them in one yeah, shot. I saw that you could get two or three of them if they're close enough. Mm. So we have unique boosts within the game as well that you can attach to weapons. Uh, and arcade mode is another great way to experience that as well, but you collect them throughout the story okay. and you can equip them for a single run if you need an edge. Oofed. Um, stuff like incendiary ammo, explosive ammo, all the fun stuff. Oh, yeah, just to really clear oh, as best as possible. 59 is pretty good. I was kind of counting on the fighting off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brandon does martial arts, so he, he puts a lot of his points into martial arts. Oh, fair enough. I'm sure you'd uh, stand a good show out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually in the real life, I'll just shove the boxes aside. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Harryman, thank you so much for walking us through this presentation. It actually looks pretty good. I think Brandon's been entertained. We got the score of 59, so whoever doesn't beat 59, will you also let us know so then we can send tweets to them and be like, you didn't do as well as we did? Yep, absolutely. That's that's all I need. Second place prize ready. I don't have to be the best as long as I know who we beat, then we're good to go. Absolutely. All right. Thank you very much for coming. All right, and we're sitting here with Patrick. Hi. How's it going? So we're going to get a demonstration of the game Hitchhiker, and let's check out what you got for us, man. All right, cool. So, like, Hitchhiker is like a mystical road trip game. It's about, like, finding out who you are and what has happened to you. It's, like, very surreal also, and inspired by movies like David Lynch, and will hopefully, yeah, make it by, I feel like, I have more questions about what has happened, and, and the game has a lot of space for our own interpretations and stuff. So judging by the title, I'm assuming I was walking along as a traveler and I needed a ride and that's how I ended up in the car? Well, actually, the, the game starts, uh, you already sit in the car when the game starts okay. and um, uh, um, it's like the uh, hitchhiking is not like really something you do, like you don't stand on the side of the street and kind of hitch a ride. It's like, it's more, rather like metaphorical, like um, we're building like, a, like an inner journey um, where you are like processing something which has happened in your real life and um, and there will be like five rides and each ride will be in a different environment with a different emotional setup and different drivers. One of the things that we've been really excited about the last few days is just, just a big return to single player driven games. It's like I feel like the game industry has been moving at least a little bit with the bigger companies. They're moving complete opposite where like the story is more discoverable if you want to know type of thing but mostly shooting each other badass style. So was that one of the intentions to kind of really you guys had a story you wanted to tell and wanted to start with that? Yeah, that's a very good question. Like, you know, like how does something um how does it how do you create a new idea you know where does the inspiration come from and it's kind of funny because uh, we've been producing like an, a truck simulation game in the past for mobile with like a german publisher and this was a massive project. We built a gigantic world with the highways and everything. And I thought, like, we must make use of this technology and, and, and build something out of this. And and then I had this idea about, like, okay, we can make, like, a hitchhiking simulator game. But that was rather, like, a silly idea, like, you know, um, a goat simulator, you know? Like, what is this? You're sitting in a car as a passenger. You don't even have the control. And what do you do? Like, nothing? Just looking and maybe counting sheep? So that was the original idea. It was, like, kind of silly. And then I start, like... Um, processing the idea and then I also met my, my friend Dan he's like uh, also a writer and uh, he's uh, originally from uh, Boston now he lives in Berlin and um, so we sat down and I thought like hey can we turn this into like an emotional experience like what is this it's like I'm driving where am I driving do you have a destination or maybe I'm like like without destination and how can we translate this into like an, an emotional experience like experience in life and maybe you are like 
you know, you, 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 you need new perspective, something's changed, maybe you drop off out of university, you need to find a job, or some, someone died, and then we thought about, hmm, it could be about relationship, like uh, a love story behind, or maybe also a crisis of a relationship. So, and, and that's what we've created, like each ride is kind of a, 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 a section in this like, um, process of like overcoming something. So you're basically like dealing with like your relationship in this case. Were any of your developers actually any of the voice actors as well? Because that's what I usually do is like I reach out to friends and family because I'm listening to the voice lines actually pretty good. So is that? Yeah, um, we are working with like um, actors, like professional like um, voice actors. Um, this is uh, the voice of Eric and he also lives in uh, Berlin. Like Berlin is a good spot to uh, develop and produce. It's comes more and more international so you also find like like uh, native speakers but um, it's very important especially for this game to have like, a, a really good fitting matching voices because this is where the the power comes from in this game and uh, Eric has been great we're very happy and so what about scenery changes or towns do we ever make stops or do we like go from like right now I see the pastures and fences do we maybe go into a city do we maybe go by suburbs or just something to be like a visual treat as well yeah yeah like as I said each ride is in a unique environment so there will be like also a, a suburb which is like very like clean and posh like kind of repetitive and it has a sunset like um, uh, uh, scenery then we'll be in the desert um, there's one scene we're not sitting in a car we'll be sitting in a diner for a change <laughs> so that's like uh, <clears throat> a different scene and in the very end there will be some hang gliding we will jump off a mountain and then this is like also a metaphor for like you know kind of coming back to like what has happened like um, to the conclusion and stuff but you basically 98% of the game you're sitting somewhere but you said it's about understanding and relating to and then processing an emotional experience with the character as well so I don't need to shoot anybody or score points to do that right no no there's no shooting actually <clears throat> in the diner scene there is some sort of shooting it's about like they existed uh, there's a part of the story that this, this waitress tells you about the existing of of robot doubles. Like every human being can have a robot double who takes care of like um, like um, you know silly jobs for you, or, can, or go on a date for you, or, or something. They they function just like you, but just like you would be a little bit drunk. And then like there's also like this moment where like like how can you make a difference if it's like a real person or the the robot double? And then in this scene like um, objects double and start moving around and then you have this you can actually shoot the objects like but you have to shoot the the, the, the fake doubles so it's kind of like also a silly gameplay uh, situation so this game actually has a lot more writing underneath the surface because we're definitely watching the video now where I'm seeing them have their like conversation but everything that you're describing as well laying, laying, laying wait for the player later on in the game is also very exciting information too how long would you say the play experience is the full the full playthrough well, um, definitely a couple hours, but that's for sure. I mean, it also depends on like how you play the game because it's like a narrative game. You like think about like how to make decisions, and the puzzles are also designed in a way that there's no time pressure. But we'll definitely have like five rides, and there should be hours of gameplay. So you said decisions. Uh, clearly, I see dialogue choices. Uh, are there other choices? Like you said, the puzzles. Am I figuring out a dialogue puzzle? Or maybe am I in a, oh, what is he talking about? And I need to find that in the environment. I guess what kind of puzzles uh, lay for us in this game? 
Yeah, there's different types of puzzles. Like, okay, some of them are based on the dialogues and like what, what, how, what you answer. There's, then there's also environmental storytelling puzzles. But we also have like rather co complex puzzles in each ride to like really deliver like an interactive experience. And there's like one example where you have to use the crank of the window to actually control something outside of the car to make it spin so that you can solve like a puzzle situation so millennials will have no idea what the what the uh, i'm old enough to know about the crank window the manual scroll well you, you mentioned you guys are developing this in germany what's the development scene over there like Yeah. Oh, yeah. Berlin is uh, wonderful. Like we have a lot of a thriving indie game scene there. We have cool like um, um, organizations like uh, the Games.net, which like brings everyone together and organizes lots of events. Um, there's tons of events like the the, the um, talk and play at the Game Science Center every second month is usually packed and people come on stage and uh, discuss their games with the people. Um, Lots of indies, but also like bigger companies are in Berlin, and it's a very international place, and it's also attractive for people like to like, maybe I want to move to Berlin. It's like so that's very cool. Like um, that's nice. Yeah. So I usually ask this, but what are you most proud of about what you guys have been able to create in Hitchhiker? Like your personal favorite part of the game? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Let me think about that. I mean, I. And the, 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 what's so interesting about the game is it's like it's kind of thought provoking also philosophical but it's also like very funny and I'm very happy and proud about like Dan's work here because he he covers that because it's like a very fun try sense of humor and this game really makes you laugh and there's like one scene where they sing this song the Jala Bread song like in hell they have a amount of Jala Bread it's very repetitive it's like a repetitive joke and then you can sing along and then they, they turn the radio it becomes more and more silly and then we just made a, a moment where you have like little dot, dots jumping around yeah, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> and to this video it's kind of funny so we'll put it in as like a, a Charlotte Red karaoke song that's kind of one of my <laughs> fun like scenes I like a lot in the game and what platforms can we expect to play this on I'm assuming PC for sure yes for sure PC but all consoles Xbox um, PS4 Switch and also very much for sure also on mobile I'm definitely going to check this one out because you mentioned Firewatch when we started saying like it's like a good game to reference if you're interested in playing something like this i love that gone home tacoma is another game i need to get into so anything along those lines like i'm super excited about because that's not what we get to play very often in the game industry there's so many companies that are doing oh we need to make a game like that game because it's battle royale and it's making all the money right now or we need to make a game like this or like that but a lot of people aren't seeing the medium of video games as an opportunity to tell really good stories do such incredible artistic expressions there's only a couple of companies that i give credit for like doing it very well so i'm always excited when i see something that's like going into that field like hey experience this right like think about your gameplay experience have a reaction to it right not just twitch 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 you got points you got scores open a box see what you got dress up your character do it all again you know exactly yeah yeah yeah. and i but i find interesting i have lots of friends who do not play games but of course like sometimes i get the chance to show them what we're doing and then they say this is the type of game i would i would play and like yeah i hope you can really open like a new like you know uh group basically like um have more people playing games like that and maybe having like a, a growing market for such narrative games yeah. and how long was your company working on this game 
Uh, well, I mean, we started production like um, with Versus Evil like in October. Uh, the prototype we've been developing in 2017 and was like uh, released as a humble original in the humble trove in January 2018. And now we've been in production for a couple months and should be done end of the year. A lot of stuff happening. We're doing like real motion capturing with actors and even the voice actors are going to be recorded so that we have like real mimics because we want to make the characters like as natural and uh, believable as possible. So that's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun and we should deliver at the end of the year. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, I'm glad you guys are doing this because uh, obviously this is a very personal story that you're trying to tell. I think anybody that goes on a road trip understands that you're trapped in a car with someone and it's a lot of conversational. So I, I, I really like you guys' take to kind of tackle that and, and present it in a game where people can kind of find out the story. So... It looks really interesting. And then um, basically, you know, we're kind of done with the questions for us. So do you have something that you're excited about that you want the audience to know about that maybe we didn't ask or just something that you think they're going to be very excited about experiencing in this game that you just want to draw some attention to? Um, let me think. That's a good question. Difficult one. Um, well, I mean, I hope that the players will have a lot of questions after they've played the game because this is our intention. We don't want to like make it clear what happened. We, we give glimpses and we want the players to have their own interpretation. So I, I hope that this will work out well and um, and then we'll have like probably lots of discussions when the game came out with people. Now, where do I send my questions after I've played the game and I have them? Can I send them to you directly or should I go to the forums? Yeah, good point. I guess I have to talk to Versus Evil about that. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, we're still operating a Facebook page. <laughs> I hear that's not so popular anymore. I guess I'm getting old. Um, I don't know. I guess Reddit is the place for discussions and stuff like that. Well, I'm really looking forward to the success of this project. Uh, again, like I said, these types of games are games that I enjoy personally because you need those breaks from the monotonous churn of everything else. And so I really like the art style, too. Uh, handsome young man you got there so I think the art style is pretty cool and uh, yeah it looks like it'll be engaging for me so thank you well yeah thank you for taking some time and uh, we really appreciate this yeah definitely want to see you do well thanks Larry thanks Brandon alright everybody let's hear a word from our sponsors be sure to check out quixel.com and look at Megascans Megascans is the leading platform for photogrammetry assets and textures if you're an indie developer if you are working at a bigger studio and want to progress your work to newer heights be sure to go to quixel.com and subscribe to Megascans to get a full library that is being updated week after week ready for you to use, ready for you to kick ass with. Go to Megascans and enter GDU10 using our code to get 10% off the first year. Again, it's GDU10, 10% off the first year. All right. Why don't we just start with you introducing uh, yourself to our listeners and uh, viewers out there. My name is Colm Larkin. I'm the the founder of Gambrinus. We're a studio based in Dublin in Ireland. And we're making a game called Cardpocalypse, which you can see in the background. Awesome. So... In Cardpocalypse, you take the role of a 10-year-old girl called Jess, and it's set in the 90s. And basically, as Jess, you and all your friends are obsessed with this card game um, called Mega Mutant Power Pets. It's like there's a cartoon and a a spin-off card game. 
And our game is essentially a narrative RPG. You can see you do a lot of talking to people, uh, all normal RPG stuff. Um, but the, the battle system is a fully realized CCG, a card game like oh, nice. uh, Magic the Gathering or Hearthstone. But it, it's I all... Both, so yeah, you got cool. me. Yeah, well, yeah. Here's our target audience over here. Here we go. Let's see what you got. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's purely single player, okay. which is our big hook. Okay. So if you're into card games, you're probably starting to think about what that means. Okay. And it means we break things like balance. Okay. We don't need to care about balance. Sure, sure. I'm not. Um, we have a real progression. So as you play through the campaign, you'll get like completely overpowered stuff, and okay. that's fine. Sure. Um, and then we do a really fun thing, which is we have you change the rules of the card game by making decisions in your playthrough. Okay. So it starts out quite simple. Not cheating, but just modifying the rules. Yeah, oh, and it's, it's for oh, you this is exactly my and game. all your opponents. Awesome. Let's and see. we've taken from you know board games and tabletop, which we love as a team, um, there's a game we love called Pandemic Legacy. Okay. It's a board game where you like put stickers on the board and like tear things up, and there's like sealed boxes and says like open box twelve. And so we're trying to get that feeling okay. into this digital game. All right. So as you play through, you're going to customize cards. You're going to change. Like for me, the really interesting thing is changing the rules. Okay. So you start with one game, and by the end of it, you have a very like unique set of rules that define what where your game ended up. And that's going to give us a lot one of replay. Like me versus an opponent, one game or literally my entire playthrough. For the rest of your playthrough. Ah, see, that's interesting. So you'll so be then, like, okay, so now card draw works this way. Gotcha. What does that mean? You know, I'm going to make, make strategies around it, gotcha. but uh, unfortunately, it's also for the opponent. The rest of the game. Yeah. So it, it really changes everything. And then, obviously, then replayability skyrockets yes, because you yeah. can just change one rule or not change the rule exactly. or try something, try something different. different. We have, it's a full-on CCG, okay. so there's you know, d- you know, different deck types to explore, okay. and then you layer that with those rule changes, and it, it's like a, a web of complexity. But that can be really fun. Yeah, yeah. And particularly since it's single-player, you play at your own pace. Uh, no one's judging you online yeah. for being bad, um, which can happen. I mean, there's been like a big resurgence with analog games in the recent yeah, years. Massively. So, like the digital version, are you guys thinking about doing a physical version as well? We would love to. Yeah. Um, so uh, Kickstarter.com. Kickstarter, yeah. <laughs> but you'll find us there. <laughs> uh, I would love that. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing nicer than like, you know, physical uh, card games and board games. We prototyped everything on paper yeah. first. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went through a few iterations of what the you card game was. My own heart. <laughs> Do you want to play? Well, I'm, I'm watching. I'm waiting to see. So I'm watching uh, so the So he's deck doing deck building, building here. Yeah. Um, the art style, so it's set in the 90s. We're trying to get like this feeling of nostalgia, mm-hmm. but also a charming feel. Mm-hmm. They're 10-year-old kids. Yeah. Um, touch points for us would be something like Stranger Things. Okay. They're sure. a tiny bit older, so our kids are a little bit younger, a little more innocent than that. Okay. But um, that same idea of like kids actually being kids and the yeah. dialogue feeling right. Yeah. And for us, um, a lot of humor in the game, okay. led, through, led by basically kids just being kids. Okay. So to them, they're just having a normal day at school. To us, actually, even me, I've played through like a lot of times, but I'm still laughing at what they get up to. So we got a battle. Let's yeah, see. so this is a card battle. Um, so this would be quite advanced, like, you know, several hours into a playthrough. So, gotcha. so quite advanced decks, and there's like special rules Good. in play already. All right, so talk hits for one. He has 30 points He's of health, health left. Barb's is now down to 29. So yeah. technically, if I quit right now, I'm ahead. Right. <laughs> yeah, perfect. He does have a minion. Let's add that That's in. All right. So here we go. I'm going to play... So uh, this is basically uh, a champion. So every deck starts with a champion, and they're okay. also a collectible card. Okay. So it's like the, the card, the special kind of card that you build your deck around. Gotcha. Um, and they can go mega, which is basically a catch-up mechanic around halfway through. Oh, nice. They flip over, and they become more powerful. Both of them flip? Yep. Okay. So to, to win the game, you're going to have to go through the mega version of your gotcha. opponent. 
Um, I see. So I trigger my opponent's mega if I'm winning. Yeah, and yeah. then I'm now. And then if you're losing, got it, got it, got you're it. guaranteed to at least you're get your mega to mode. Your mega. It, it may help you. Yeah. Um, but it's also a, a second version of the same champion. That's they're actually more powerful, really interesting. But their abilities are different. Yeah. So you may uh, deck build around you know, a champion that you want to get to mega quickly. Yeah. Oh, and then man. win from there. So, That's very interesting. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about it. Like, okay, so is my strategy, if I just want to pulverize somebody, that works against you if you don't have a way to defend against their mega. Yeah. Do you want to, like, keep and it neck and neck? Timing is very important. You, yeah. Sometimes you want to trigger their mega. Mm. Whatever happens, then you can deal with. Okay. Sometimes they do it on their turn. That can be worse. Can I damage myself in any way? To, yes. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, as, as so you... sneaky. That's yeah, you know thinking works. about. Like, so, right. you know, every time you attack someone, you're taking damage back. So sure. you're also working uh, gotcha. your way towards you, you going mega as well. So instead of attacking with like a minion, if my champion is low, yeah. he has something that yeah. hits hard, I can. You can finish him or even just hit him to go mega, and that might win gotcha. you the board back. A lot. Of, it's it very much about board control this this game, um, and we started with like quite a simple, basic mm-hmm. uh, version of the card game is what you start playing with because we layer on so many rule changes, mm-hmm. and you also end up modifying your own cards. So uh, because they're ten year old kids, sure. you get they have like this kind of Lord of the Flies esque like house rules kind okay. of system yeah, where yeah. you're allowed to put stickers on certain cards. Gotcha. And so you get to modify your cards and uh, rename them, which I think is very exciting. So you, it's all Some they're all like, and it's your own game, right? So, awesome. <laughs> oh, here we go, Mega so Mega, mega barbs. barbs. So Barbs is really frustrating to play against because every time you hit Barbs, it generates like a, a blocking minion, stops you getting through for the next time. You guys were mentioning before it's like two years in development right yep. now. Yep, and coming out uh, this fall is where we're aiming for. Nice. Second game of the studio. Second game of the studio. Yep, um, it's a very different approach. So the first game was you know initially me in my free time, mm-hmm. which is very hard to finish a game. This game we from the get go we had a you know full time team of five. That's awesome. Um, and we had a writer from day one. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a, a huge emphasis on writing in this game. And I see that we're playing on PC right now. Other yep. platforms for this as well. Yeah, uh, I can see this doing well on mobile. All consoles and mobile. Oh, yeah, perfect. that's the target. All consoles and mobile. That's where we're aiming hey, for. All right. Whatever you have, you'll comments. be able to play it. Yeah. <laughs> PC, Switch. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, I find that with our previous game, bought it several times. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I do that a lot as well. You know, it's, does my account share across or no? Uh, don't think we're going to be able to do that. Um, fair enough. Got to pick your battle. Stretch goal, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're trying to get on Kickstarter. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe instead of that, we'll do a physical one. So. No, no, yeah, yeah. I would love to see the physical one. Another version. platform. This is cool, though. Yeah. Who's, so, your favorite, who's your favorite champion that you have? Um, I like Tuck. Tuck has a ridiculous catch-up mechanic, which is when he goes mega, all your champions get charged, which means gotcha. they can attack as soon as you play them. Okay. And by that period of the game, you often have like big, expensive champions. Got you. So you can go mega and then win the game, Oh man, which is uh, pretty mean. Tuck's like a time bomb. Yeah, Actually, Fred might be just about to do that. Oh, here we go. Mega Tuck. Though actually, Barb's completely Ooh. slows everyone down. So thanks, Barb's. Here we go. All sick. Did you guys have this art style in mind from the very beginning, or it just kind of develops? So we have kind of like because there's a game within a game. Mm-hmm. The the card game has this over the top art style. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, if you get a chance, can you hover over Gizzard Lizard? It's like really gross. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. So it's this idea gotcha. of like '90s cartoons, like sure. what was appropriate for kids, and now in reality, we look at it, we're like, maybe it wasn't so appropriate. Yeah. Like garbage pail. Yes, exactly. Sticks out when you you, say you win a like sticker. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I like winning anything. <laughs> Whatever else you got. So uh, that's you know the aesthetic for the card game, mm-hmm. and then when you're playing in the like real world, the kids, it's a little more muted and more sensible sure. and like slower paced. Um, and this would be like trying to get that like over the top like okay. bye bye bye, yeah. you know that kind yeah. of cartoon. 
Oh. So we have a lot of developers that listen to us. So what were what the bigger challenges from yourself to growing to a eight player, eight person team? Um, yeah. One hard thing is, you know, we want to innovate. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to make something that is different. Mm-hmm. And we've picked, you know, uh, you're into card games, like sure. quite an experimental idea. Yeah. And so we went through uh, a variety of different card game prototypes okay. on paper yeah. and then playtesting them. Mm-hmm. And then we actually built one entirely in digital mm-hmm. and scrapped it. Right. And then we went oh. with this one. Right. So, I mean, probably yeah. that. So we had the basic idea. It's going to be collect, you know, collectible card game. It's going to be with these what we call those legacy rule changes. Mm-hmm. But what's the base game? A lot of experimentation there right, to, right. to figure that out. That takes a long time. Who, so whose idea was the the mega mechanic? Mega or when mechanic. did that come about? I don't know. I really like it. That's it's smart. Yeah, I'm going to claim it for me because yeah, yeah, uh, no one is here. They're not here. It's fine. <laughs> we'll edit it. Fast forward two seconds. It was my idea, so you know. I'm not even here yeah. anymore. <laughs> Sorry, I was speaking on your behalf when <laughs> yes, I said right. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's set in the 90s, and one of the things I like is like all the, the funny background references we get. Fred, stop there and have a look at the, the vending machine. So we have all these like snacks. And then down the bottom right, what's that bottom right one? It looks like cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, of course. Something for the teachers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> we were just talking yesterday about how much fun it is to be an indie developer and put Easter eggs into your games. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So Fred is our... our our art team Got is the it. one driving at the moment. <laughs> and his favorite thing is to put in background. Dude, I also see African-Americans in the game, so Fred, yep. man, thanks again. We've, we've, we've gone for a pretty diverse cast. That's it's kind awesome. of important to us as, yes. as uh, players. Then, of basically. course, my character is wheelchair balanced. So. Yep, that's Jess. Um, go, Jess, keep fighting the good fight, brother. Yep. So she's really cool. I love Jess. Oh. Keep fighting the good fight, sister. And as you're playing, so like... So oh, I see the ponytail in the back. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, I mean, got it's, it. it's kind of tomboyish. Um, as you're, you know, role-playing Jess, mm-hmm. it's not like a totally blank canvas. Sure. Jess has a personality. Okay. But um, as you're playing through, you know, the dialogue choices you make, you can kind of lean a few different ways, like snarky Jess, oh. uh, kind Jess. Snarky Jess Snarky all Jess the way. is quite funny. That's... So kudos to our uh, writing team for, like, making Jess okay. hilarious. And actually all the kids and the interactions you have with the kids. Can we shout out the writing team who's responsible yeah, for writing? Yeah, Ellen's here. Ellen's our main writer. Ellen. And we've had a couple of other people write writing on the project as well. So we actually had the most writers we've ever had on a, on a game in this project. And it's working out for us. I it think. looks it's really cool. I'm waiting to see some some cool dialogue. I don't know if uh, we get to talk to anybody anytime soon or not. Yeah, let's talk to oh, Mitzi here and start the hacking quest. Oh, Leroy. He doesn't look like he's no, doing that No, he's a... Those damn hackers, hackers again. again. Oh, voice actor. Yeah. Hey, listen. <laughs> I'm available. Okay, look. I think this is a good line. They got our RAMs... In our pixels? In, in our VGA pixels. Like, you know, like yeah. computery sanding totally, stuff. Totally, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know exactly what you're doing. So I had an tra- uncle that was like that. Yeah, so he's, he's the, like, you know, teacher who's just been made, the computer's mm-hmm. teacher. He mm-hmm. doesn't want to mm-hmm. do it. And what he you're trying like to do here... He's two years away from retirement. Yeah, he's, he's just like, trying oh, to ride it out. It's like, kids. Oh, it's just- so what you're trying to do here is break into his computer to play some games. Oh, nice. Oh. Um, Man, you guys just followed my life. That's, <laughs> that's what I did in school. So you have to go around and try to figure out the password. Um, I really like when you come back and he's trying to... He, you able to skip through and get Lero back? Man, dot matrix printers, actual floppy disks, and yep. not the hard floppy disks. Do you see the the poster in the background? Where in the world is Carlos oh, Santiago? Yeah. <laughs> Where the heck is yeah. Carlos Santiago? Oh, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. remember that game? I don't. Uh, yeah. No, it's, 
I think I got one of those games in like the shareware, like 90 games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Remember when edutainment was a word? Yeah, man. It's coming back. You'd be surprised. There's more companies nowadays like actually taking a real shot at making a game and educating you at the same time. So I'm actually happy about that. I mean, our you know, dream would be for our game mm. to make it into schools and then get banned. Mm. <laughs> Close the loop. So this is uh, basically one of the, like, monsters from the monster world that you're okay. going to fight. Awesome. So that's kind of like Cypher's the supernatural go coming into the, Let's to the real world. Just, you know, a touch of imagination because not breaking the fourth wall, me as the player understands, you know, like, I'm playing a video game, I'm enjoying myself, but the fact that, you know, these kids in their world yeah. interacting the way that they do, it makes total sense. There's a lot of silliness there where, you know, obviously the teacher is just like outside the room. Yeah. But it's like completely not, yeah. not noticing all the, the stuff that's happening. All right. Cypher. Yep. You got to go down, man. So many ones and zeros. All right. So I usually ask this question. What is your most exciting feature about this game that you actually like? All right. I know there's a lot to offer in this game, but I love blank. This specific thing. So my favorite thing is the, the stuff the kids do. Okay. Like um, you hold a, a, a funeral for like a... Uh, you know, a virtual okay. pet. Okay, fair enough. And you have to yeah, round yeah. up enough people, and like that kind of like little moment mm-hmm. really speaks to me. So like so. that pause is very. <laughs> I was like, what kid? Watch out! <laughs> 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 I was thinking like, the, like where did you, you know, hang out as a kid? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, everyone yeah, has yeah. to take care of the journal yeah. for a week. You guys ever have to do that? <gasps> yeah, That's a good one. We, we had yeah. that. So I thought the, one the of those sad died. story yeah, about yeah. the journal. Nobody wanted to be that over the weekend. Okay. Yeah, actually, that's a nice thing to show you guys. Sure, if you're able to. Yeah, we can do so, maybe one more thing and wrap so up. When you get really good at this, you go, you get into okay. speed mode where you go like nice. through all the yeah. dialogue. So one thing you do is you collect stickers and mm-hmm. then you get to apply them to cards in your collection. Gotcha. So we talked about changing the rules. Mm-hmm. You also change the cards, but that's for everybody. Oh, nice. Stickers. So anyone who has that card has the yeah, card yeah. with a sticker on it. No, no. Oh, so okay. that's like one way of changing the rules. Gotcha. Stickers are your way, like mm-hmm. just your specific I see. card. I see. So let's rename one. Um, tiny headed rat. We're gonna re- rename this. Did, did you, you ever have a pet dog? Or uh, cat? I had a pet named Peanut. And Peanut. Someone looks like a Peanut. Peanut. Yeah. So there you go. And hit apply there. Peanut was a boy cat when I bought it, but I oh. found out later that it was actually a girl cat because she had kittens. <laughs> so there you go. You were missold. <laughs> I was very young, also. But, so um, uh, pick a, a stat sticker there as well, Fred. Uh, they told me Peanut was a guy, and Peanut had. What looked like globular, you know, testicles. So I was like, all right, sweet. I got peanut. <laughs> Learned a lot. That and day. then I had kittens. And I, was, I was quite so, surprised. Basically, peanut, for the rest of your playthrough, is going to like turn up in your, sure. in your hand and you'll mm. be playing peanut. And when peanut dies, it's weird. Okay. It actually causes like sadness. Okay. You'll make a weird emotional attachment to like cards when you name them. And it's also, like, that feature is also very much for streamers. Okay, yeah, yeah. So we, gotcha. learned, we learned that lesson with Guild as well. Mm-hmm. In Guilded Engineering, you could, like, throw, like, your, your engineers into the gotcha. depths. But naming them mm. was, like, really fun. Because then you're like, like, oh, no. We actually had, a, like, a virtual graveyard where you got to look at more mm. again. Um, so actually, yeah, that's, that is, I can see that. Like, if I named it after, like, my girlfriend and then, yeah, like, yeah. she's and then, watching me play. And then you, like, she's seeing, take like, her out of the deck because you've got a better card. Yeah, like, uh, why are you doing that? Yeah. <laughs> Trying to get me sleep Who's on the couch. Card? Yeah, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so nowadays, streaming is a huge part of 
games. Yeah. And as an indie developer, do you guys kind of think we about that? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I love it. So um, they do your live QA for you, which is very nice of them. No, but, you know, when, when something goes wrong or someone's having a moment, you get to watch someone live in their audience. So are they laughing at the right moment? It's so valuable. Like quite apart from the like promotion side of it. And I, so I really love watching people play your game. It's very useful. And I think for a game like this, it would do very well with streaming because there's so much variance, right? Like even if you know the mechanics and you know yeah. the story or how it's presented to you, because you could pick a different card or play a different card or your opponent plays a different card, it, you, your game isn't hurt by streaming yeah, at all. Yeah, and it's like, important to think about all. that. You yeah. know, if you're making a, a narrative experience that mm-hmm. is as good watched as played, yeah. that, you might be in trouble. Yeah. Um, so we have to think about that yeah. when we're making our games, yeah. yeah. So, all right, I'm all questioned out. I won't uh, bombard you all day. Last question. Uh, this is kind of like our, our way of like anything that you want to say, what website besides Kickstarter.com. <laughs> sure. Um, it's on cardpocalypse.se, which is Cardpocalypse. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you can check it out there. Oh, this is funny. I like this bug. So that is not meant to be there. That's a, a prop from a different room. And uh, in this build, it kind of follows you, follows Jess around a bit. Oh, God, so there's a point where you're on the school bus and it's like you're floating behind <laughs> you. You were glitching out. That's all right. It's, it's the we experimental know build. We, we yeah, yeah, yeah. The camera's not recording anymore anyway. <laughs> Glitches. Thank yeah, you. cool. Thank you so much. And thanks so much for, for playing the game. It was awesome. Right here. Nice to meet you. Yes, definitely. That was awesome, guys. Thank you. Oh, thanks for playing for me. So we are here to preview Yaget. Why don't you introduce yourself to uh, our audience out there? Yeah. Hi, I'm Catalin Zimazigrano. I'm the lead uh, director and writer for Yaga. And uh, yeah, let's see what the game is about. So uh, uh, why don't you give us a little background? What is this? Uh... Uh, yeah, so Yaga is an action RPG, which is uh, very much inspired by uh, Slavic and Eastern European folktales. Uh, we started, when we started making the game, we researched a lot on like what subject we want to tackle, and uh, we got uh, the inspiration from the childhood stories that we, we read as uh, children, and wanted to bring that uh, to a wider audience, especially to the Western one, which are not that familiar with uh, Slavic folklore. Mm. So we got to reading a lot of uh, material, a lot of uh, stories and all that. And we decided on the theme of bad luck and uh, taking all of those interesting and, uh, in our opinion, not that common characters and uh, trying to weave a story out of it. Well, what are the commonalities that you do find with the Western culture? It's like I kind of see like the three sisters with their little pot. Yeah. I mean, we, we kind of are familiar with that. Like what, what kind of similarities have you seen? That's cool. Uh, so uh, there are similar elements like uh, with, in every fantasy game you have magic and you have uh, witches and uh, kings and all that but uh, the the charm is in the differences uh, for example um, like the witches are not always good or bad. Uh, in Western stories, usually witch is bad, but here Baba Yaga especially is often seen as a, either a helper or donor or an antagonist. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're trying to take that and uh, explore it a bit more. Uh, also, the characters usually have very strong uh, personalities and uh, like they have a very big, strong defining trait. And uh, everything they do uh, is tied to that trait. And uh, one thing that uh, sets the uh, Slavic folklore apart is the humor. Uh, like uh, the, there's always a subtext of humor. It's not in your face, but uh, the way characters act and the exaggerated uh, reactions they have, uh, it's it's a lot of fun and uh, something that we didn't quite see in uh, other like 
Western or Nordic uh, tales. So Larry's right now. He's playing. Uh, any initial thoughts playing this? It's actually pretty smooth. Um, I'm having. <laughs> I might have missed something. I was having a good time just reading the dialogue and getting a sense of the characters. And one of the mechanics I really loved was. Obviously, we have the dialogue choices, but I have a visual representation of what kind of effect that dialogue choice may be. Whereas one is like if it's a helpful or a nice thing, it's like a pleasant portrait. If I'm going to say something very mean or aggressive, my portrait was like fire behind me in my background and the blacksmith's face was like enraged. So it's a very great indicator for like, okay, what kind of thing I'm going to respond with. So, well, now I only have one choice right here, but I'm on a quest to clear my name as the unlucky blacksmith who keeps making terrible things for everybody. And so I have to go find something that has strength beyond measure. So I love the charm of the story already. So I'm excited to keep playing. So is this the first title that your team has uh, worked on or is this the second? Uh, it's the first title, yeah. So did you guys come together as friends or how did, how did that develop? Yeah, uh, we, we were friends before and we worked together in uh, different settings on mobile games. But uh, with this game, we wanted to make something more uh, deep, more meaningful and with more narrative elements tied to it. And uh, those uh, portraits that uh, you saw earlier, those are tied to the personality tracking in the game. So the game tracks uh, how you play and how you respond to, to other uh, NPCs. Mm-hmm. And you get to evolve in one of four personalities. So you can either be uh, aggressive, selfish, righteous, or foolish. So we're moving away from a black and white morality system into more of a, let's say, nuanced uh, flaws system. Because each of those are flaws that a character can have. So none of them are completely good, but none of them are completely bad. Because like we do selfish actions each day, and uh, that's not a bad thing to do. Do the character choices uh, lead to character change, uh, different endings? What, what are the different branches that we're going in? Yeah, so the first uh, obvious impact is how NPCs respond to your responses. So being aggressive uh, makes some NPCs uh, shy away from you, and being selfish makes some uh, like open new trade options or stuff like that. The second one is the actual character progression in the game is tied to the personalities. So if you make uh, more aggressive choices, you will get uh, your upgrade great choices will be between more damage or more uh, special effects when doing attacking enemies or when taking hits. If you're selfish, your progression will be more in the lines of uh, as if you have more gold, you do more damage or uh, the prices are lower in shops or you get more uh, treasure out of everything. So... Um, yeah, and the third one is uh, we do have different endings. We have about eight different endings. And uh, itching, reaching each of them is not a matter of uh, like making a choice at the end. It uh, takes choices you make throughout the game, and uh, some endings are uh, completely locked unless you are, let's say, foolish all the time. Uh, and uh, yeah, you have to discover each of them. We're we're very excited because not all of them are uh, positive. Some of them your character gets in a worse place than at the start of the game, but it all. Uh, like ties into uh, the arc of the character and his how he deals with uh, bad luck and uh, like fate decisions. I mean, the character obviously is going through uh, trying to redeem himself. So as you're making these player choices, are you able to go back and forth depending on how you treat your character? Uh, yeah, yeah. The the character basically starts off as a very unlucky guy who lost uh, an arm because he didn't believe in bad luck, and he met the incarnation of bad luck, uh, which was not a pleasant encounter. And throughout the game, this is one thing that he wants to get rid of, like his bad luck. 
and uh, usually whenever whatever he tries he he doesn't get to do that until the end of the game and um, tying into the personality aspect uh, as long as you you make choices which are consistent with your char- character your bad luck slowly decreases but if you make choices so if you uh, once you're aggressive once you're selfish and you're like chaotic you uh, your bad luck meter increases and that leads to mechanical changes in the game the game gets harder you get uh, more uh, stronger enemies but you do get to advance more in experience and uh, experiment with new new stuff so what as a player how, how long do you think is a playthrough session of this size so one one playthrough, if you uh, do some of the qu- uh, side quests and uh, the main path, should be about four hours, four to five hours. Uh, however, uh, seeing that we have multiple endings and uh, that you would probably want to see how the game plays with different personalities, uh, that's probably going to be a big factor of replayability, so you, you can get more out of it. And when you're setting out to plan and make this type of game... Uh, do you guys have like a rough estimate of how long you want the game or does it just come naturally part of the development is there is that ever like a goal to aim for or is this a series it's a mix between that like you don't want a very short game but you have to be realistic with what you can do and uh, after we finish the pre-production phase we we were able to estimate like okay we can do uh, five secondary quests or ten or the main quest takes this many weeks to make so uh, it's a balance we had to find between how much time we spend developing the game and how much content we want to be in. Uh, one thing we really um, want try to make was having these uh, small encounters where it's not necessarily something that ties to the main story of the game, but it's uh, it creates these little vignettes where you can explore certain uh, character from the folklore, certain uh, encounters and how people react to you and how you, you react to them, and uh, finding different uh, interesting interactions and characters. And Larry, as, as a player, uh, what questions are popping in your head right now? Or do I? Okay. Does it pause if I? Like this slot. Uh, yeah, you can equip the the fresh water and uh, using it with uh, the right button, it's gonna heal you up. Yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I did it just in time, but I had no way to defend myself. Uh, it's not over. If you once once per session, you can decide that uh, willpower trumps uh, that, so you can try again. And another interesting thing is, the, is that we don't consider death the end of the character. It's just like he's not actually dying. He's just uh, quitting and uh, getting back to his camp. And um, I didn't realize that I didn't have a second hand. Until I took the shield off. Yeah, that's his whole thing, man. He he takes these uh, improvised objects and like sticks them to his hand, yeah. like a cartwheel as a shield or a shovel to destroy it. That's cool. Yeah. Mega Man. Yeah, as I was saying about the death. Uh, when you die, you get to either uh, like try again because like a second win mechanic, mm-hmm. or if you uh, encounter different bosses and instead of killing them, you decide to spare them. You can call call them for help and they jump in the game, fight a bit with your enemies, and you have a second chance to move on. Well, what are the uh, one of the proudest features that you have for the game that 
I know there's a lot, but yeah, if you were to pick one. Yeah, uh, one of the proudest things I I, um, I managed to put in the game was the bad luck mechanics, which uh, I, I, feel, I found out that it ties nicely the mechanics of the game with the setting. Uh, usually the setting and uh, all the folk stories are really um, coupled with uh, bad luck and supernatural. So it's in Slavic folklore, it's considered bad luck to deal with the supernatural, and we we put that as a mechanic in the game so the more magic items you use the more your bad luck meters grows and you might just find uh, Lico, the incarnation of evil come to you again and you're going to be ambushed by that I know you know the follow up question what's the f- future that got cut that you like the most? <laughs> Oh, that's that's a good one. Um, so one, one thing that we, we wanted to do from the start was um, having some of the uh, a part of the main story be like procedurally generated. So we we do have procedural generation of levels, but the actual uh, story and narrative is uh, predefined. So it's all players will meet uh, Yaga at one point, and they will meet uh, let's say the romantic Polevik who wants to woo a creature at one point uh, at the beginning we wanted to uh, that piece to be also be personal generated and have more um, dynamic stories but uh, it, it was a lot of effort and uh, we decided to cut back a little and like focus more on what we can uh, write ourselves and uh, have it quality writing rather than uh, mediocre writing with uh, more more variety well you guys worked professionally together before before forming this team and working on this game what made you guys finally make the leap? Because I know there were probably, you know, a good enough time to plan and finally do it together, right? Yeah. Um, I can't can't pinpoint a single choice in time. It was just something that we, like some of us wanted to do a higher quality art and spend more time polishing, the artists especially, who are, I'm really proud of what they did with the game. And uh, I, I wanted to go move from programming and some game design more into a writing and design role. So uh, like just getting together and talking like, what, what could we do with all this was uh, the spark that uh, made it all happen. I don't know if you mentioned this before. How long in development are you guys so far, and when is this uh, planning to come out? Yeah, the game has been in development for about three years or so, and uh, we're going to release in fall of this year. And it's going to be on PC, uh, all consoles, and mobile. What was the original release? <laughs> That's a question that we always ask developer. We always have like this misconstrued idea of when we're going to finish. Yeah, that was about uh, two years ago. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we're, we're used to that. And we, we knew from the start that uh, we will probably want to delay it because we want uh, like the final experience to be as polished as possible and uh, as, much, as much of the folklore charm as we can get into it. It's, it's worth delaying it. It definitely has its charm. I love how he's running. It <laughs> like it's a certain swagger. Love the art direction. I mean, was this something that you guys always had in mind in the very beginning, or it just developed into this? Uh, from the start, we knew that we didn't want to go the um, uh, pixel art route. We wanted something that that's more uh, expressive and more uh, hand drawn. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, at the beginning, the first thing we did was have the artist uh, like scout all the references. They got inspiration from uh, like all Slavic art from fairy tales uh, and uh, artwork from Ival Ivan Bilbin, which is a really good illustrator in in the Russian side of things. And uh, we got reference to that. We tried uh, like we mocked uh, 10 or 20 art styles, and then slowly we we converged to this one. Well, it looks great on my side. Like what, Larry's kind of the design side. Is there any design questions that you have? Well, no, it's, I mean, the game communicates itself really well. Uh, it plays really well. I was having a lot of difficulties playing it at first. Started playing around with some different combinations of, like, right now I'm not running a shield. I have a bear claw, so I'm going more damage, less defense. And once I got more comfortable with what each, bus, each button did and how to use all the different controls and... I guess the mechanics behind hitting things twice with throw and receive. I, I'm armed with more information. I'm having more fun now in the combats. As you can see, I'm getting through combats without dying. So, I'm not doing so bad. Still taking damage, though. At any point, can you lose the other arm? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> well, Larry's going to show you right now. Yeah. Uh, so one thing about the, the combat system and the crafting system is that we want the hammer. So you always have the hammer. That's your primary weapon since you're a blacksmith. But we allow the hammer to be upgraded with all sorts of enhancements. And uh, getting back to how uh, how you want to play it, you have enhancements that allow you to just throw the hammer and have, him, have it stay on an enemy, hitting it five or ten times and then coming back to you when it's ready. Or just have it move from enemy to enemy. Or if you want to have more of a fine grade control and if you're the uh, type of uh, player who goes uh, into combat, you would put enhancements that give you more melee abilities and less uh, ranged abilities. So it's really, we have a lot of enhancements that uh, mix and match together and form all sorts of interesting synergies. That's great. Yeah, well, I mean, it looks great, it plays great. Larry looks like he's having a good time. Uh, <laughs> he's pushing a big chicken. <laughs> Usually people either uh, try to get the, the corn to it or they just attack it. Well, it. Based on the mini-map, it looked like I could go this way. Well, yeah, you can, but normally you would have to uh, either attack it or convince it to move away. So, um, I'm a gentle giant. Away. Just get the hell out of here. <laughs> Boom. Oh, let me, let me convince it's you to move. Yeah, it's up here, right? Yeah, you, you can go into a, a nearby room and find the golden corn, and that will allow you to just uh, move onwards. Most people usually uh, try to attack the chicken, and uh, they're quite surprised by the giant chicken just attacking you, and uh, it's a really strong enemy, so... So we can wrap this up. Uh, anything that I didn't ask that you felt like I should have asked that you want to tell? Um, well, there's I, I can I could talk about the game all day, uh, but uh, what I really hope the game does is um, I get all the the nice little story bits that we found out in the stories and put them in front of the players and let them discover all the interesting characters and interactions that we built in and all the secrets. Like the game uh, has a lots of secrets and we try to put as many like hidden interactions in there and uh, we hope those will surprise and uh, make the players laugh and have fun. It's great. Like I'm already interested, especially in the Slavic fairy tale. We all love fairy tales. We all love superhero stories. So it's great to kind of be able to play a game and kind of learn a little. Yeah. Thanks. We hope you like it. <laughs>
Larry, you got any last questions? Yes, uh, when can I get it again? Uh, yeah. In fall this year. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. So thanks for listening to our podcast. I hope that you're a subscriber, but if you aren't, please feel free to follow us on any of the major podcast platforms, especially iTunes or Spotify. You can find show notes and more resources available to help you become a successful game developer. Just go on over to our website, www.gamedevunchained.com. If you're interested in keeping the conversation going, then definitely come check us out in Discord where we chat in real time for After Show Tuesdays to discuss episodes and Feedback Fridays where we share screenshots on the projects that we're currently working on. If you go over to Patreon.com, you can support our podcast financially. And if you do so, you get access to Life Unchained, our on-the-pulse, unfiltered game dev gossip content that we make exclusively for our Patreon supporters. And as usual, you can keep in touch and follow our happenings on Facebook and Twitter. That's Game Dev Unchained, the podcast.